Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello and welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet, and it's Mel. All right, you guys, we're back with another Q&A episode. You guys have been emailing us and DMing us about some questions you guys had, and so we thought this is a great opportunity for us to answer some of your questions. So some of the questions we received fall into the topics of dating and sex, finances, how we feel about running and managing a podcast and other miscellaneous topics that we have received on IGDM. Miscellaneous, but important. Very important. (laughs) Very, very important. Yeah. So why don't we just get started then? Awesome. Okay, so for the first question that we have from Teresa is under our topic of dating and sex. When did you start dating in college and how did your parents react? Did you tell them about it? What was their reaction? And how did it affect how you handled the relationship or how you presented the relationship to your parents? Do you have any regrets on how you handled it? And lastly, any tips or thoughts that you wish you knew while dating in college? So my first boyfriend was actually in high school. Okay. Not in college. Okay, okay. I'm actually curious to hear about your first boyfriends because I don't think I've ever asked you before. Mm -hmm. So we're going to like go on a tangent a little bit. But my first boyfriend was in eighth grade. Wow. And I think we broke up in eighth grade and then got back together in 11th. So we were like high school sweethearts throughout. It's funny because... I was the one that asked him out first. Oh my gosh, really? Oh, and taking the initiative. How I know this now, because I would have forgotten then, is because I think it was in like 11th grade when we were starting to go back out again. One of my friends put together this calendar where 12 of our friends were involved and each person had a page. So then they put together like their memories, like anecdotes or whatever of me, like wrote me notes and letters and decorated that page themselves. Mm-hmm. And his page was a cutout of a note that I gave him in, in eighth grade that said hey would you like to go out with me you're a little shorter than me because it's like eighth grade right so guys are usually most of them were pretty yeah short. yeah they other growth spurt yeah, growth yeah. Spurts hits, hits a little later that was literally the first time i asked out a guy and yeah i guess that was kind of embarrassing he for still him still accepted but I mean, he did. yeah and he, that was the that was my first boyfriend wow um but yes did your so uh to the, the question about parents though did your parents ever talk to you about dating like you were there rules around there were for sure rules it was mm. always focus on school mm-hmm. don't have a boyfriend don't even like think about boys right and it's funny because i feel like they're very like for me like standard asian parents that mm-hmm. say don't have a boyfriend but then now when i'm working they're like okay where are the babies yeah. like literally there's no time from in zero between. to 100 there's no buffer <laughs> of like okay am i supposed to like date or like yeah, do i just yeah, have yeah. a baby with a random person so that's my 
my dating experience and how my parents are involved. How about you ladies? I also, my first boyfriend was in high school and we met through, Asian people will relate to this, a family trip to Vegas. I was what? there with my Wait, I was what? there with my cousins. I did that a lot, yeah. Yeah, and he was there with his I think like friends or family or something. So it was kind of a not really a long distance relationship, but he lived in Arcadia and I was in Mission Viejo. So it's a good hour hour drive and we met before we were able to drive. So we formed a friendship first over AIM, AIM for anyone who Oh yeah. <laughs> what was your screen name, Janet? Uh Jan's 841. Oh, okay. Nothing. And That's his safe. I know it's very safe. <laughs> okay, go ahead, continue. Um, Why for one though I don't know I Wait, like really over eight and I don't I'm an eight and then and then you divide it by two and then yeah. you mess up he, the one his his screening was one of those like Asian baby boy or one of those <gasps> oh, yeah very Asian yeah yeah so in terms of like conversation with my parents they never outwardly addressed rules around dating and I mean, actually, for a while, my dad drove me to see him because we couldn't drive. Uh We had the sex talk with him just crying. I mean, being very awkward, like Asian father type, he was just like, I just, you know, you should be like protecting yourself. And I was like, okay, dad, that's the end of that conversation. I'm responsible. You don't need to be telling me that. Oh, my God. I don't think I ever had the sex talk. With your parents? With my parents. It was just like, don't do it. Just don't don't date. Don't like obviously if you're not dating you're yeah, not having right. sex right so. i think my parents tried to be supportive i mean my dad was like driving me out to like meet up you know but, yeah um, yeah so they were trying to toe the line between like no you should like, explore and do stuff but oh, maybe yeah i don't know how about you mel okay so since you guys are talking about your high school boyfriends i'll talk about mine and i'll talk about college too to address Teresa's question my first boyfriend was also in high school it was when i was 16 i was a sophomore and we were both in choir together i don't know how it happened we just i think we both started liking each other he's actually my longest relationship i've ever had i was with him for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and he's the only relationship i ever had like a lot actually no that's not true oops (laughs) (laughs) oh those are miscellaneous relationships (laughs) i forgot about my house in relation to this year but yeah so we dated for two and a half years just kind of outgrew each other i did receive the sex talk from my mother Mm -hmm. it was on the way to high school and my mom was looked at me and she's like are you protecting yourself or she's like are you having sex that's Mm -hmm. good and i honestly couldn't lie i can't lie to my mom Mm -hmm. and i just was like yeah. And I just kind of like didn't know what to say. And then she just said to me, she's like, all right, well, if I can't stop you, I might as well protect you. So she got me birth control in high school. And my mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like that's very progressive. For yeah. Very, yeah. That's what happened in high school. Back to the question. So when did you start dating in college? Okay. So after my relationship in high school, you're on your away own from now home. and you're away yeah. from home. So it's like, I feel like you technically don't have to tell your parents anything, but I did start dating this guy in my junior year of college. And it was my first time dating a Taiwanese American guy because my family's Taiwanese, like mostly my parents would want me to date a Taiwanese guy, typical Asian parents. I made the mistake of telling my mom I was dating someone. We were exclusive, but we weren't boyfriend or girlfriend. And my mom just like jumped to conclusions right away. Cause I think the fact that I was older, cause I was what, 21. And my mom's mm. like, oh my God. Cause so the guy I dated in college at the time was in culinary school. And my mom was like, oh my God, is my future son-in-law going to be a chef? And I'm like, what the, f-? whoa, let's reel it in. Let's like not Let's not talk about it in that context. It kind of freaks me out. After that scenario, I learned not to tell her about my other dating mm. scenarios because I don't want her to like spread the word amongst my family that I'm like potentially dating someone long term when it's not true, you know? Right, mm. right. Because you don't I know see. when you're in college. Yeah. So it's, it's a good point about when to tell your parents about someone you're dating. Like what's the level of seriousness? Yeah. Helen, do you feel like your parents have known every person you've dated? No, for mm. sure not. So high school, I don't think I ever told them. In college, I did. I'm trying to remember back to when I introduced them because mm-hmm. I like he slept over my 
my place and I lived at my parents' place. So whenever we like we were going out in college, but then during the summertime, he was still in, he was also in Boston, so we still hung out with each other, right? And yeah. then we would just stay over each other's homes. But yeah, she was like completely okay with that, and I think it's because she liked him and trusted uh, him. I see. So I'm sure that was like a part of it. But I don't. She still never had the sex talk with me, or maybe she did. And I once I like felt it coming, I would run away or yeah, something. Yeah, or you like <laughs> blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, maybe I did. It was, like, Wait, too traumatizing. When your college boyfriend stayed with you in your house, was the door closed or open? It could be closed. She oh, was okay. okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so she let them sleep in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I I mean yeah, because I, I think for like prom and different things, I had spent the night at his place and he had also spent at mine. But it was like we had to be in different rooms. Which I think a lot of parents. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I have some friends now that you can't be in the same room with your significant other because yeah. it's you're not married. Yeah. yeah. The last question that Teresa had was, lastly, any tips or thoughts you wish you knew while dating in college? I don't have any regrets with what I did in college, which is not much. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that I think talking to like other people, right? If you're curious, whether it's like you're curious about like dating outside of your race or you're curious about dating someone of the same gender or whatever it is, right? Like college is kind of the best playground to, to do, do so. that yeah. yeah I would say I definitely I wish I had put a little bit more focus on that area in my life I had like two different relationships in college but I, at the end of it I was single for a good year and a half to two years and I think I was just so ultra focused on school and I wish I had been more open to your point Helen that yeah. I think that's the time to experiment mm-hmm. so so speaking about dating we got another message from someone who is anonymous. What are your thoughts on dating someone who lacks experience? Is it a turnoff or does it not matter? And for those who do lack experience, what advice do you have to give on how to be more confident in ourselves, even if we're behind everyone else around us? Behind in quotes. Okay, my first thought when I read this question is I'm assuming she's talking about sex. Mm, versus or, just dating in yeah. general. Well, it could be a general question, I think. Well, I would say, like, answering the question personally, because I am older and right now I'm pretty much dating exclusively to look for a life partner, I'm actually looking for people with more experience than me and older than me. So, I mean, that's just for me personally. I don't know. What about you, ladies? I'm sort of on the same boat with Janet. Like, I totally want to date someone who has experience because I'm looking for someone long-term and I want to get married. But since I am a little younger than Janet, I want someone the same level as me or a little bit older. Also, if you guys remember from first season, I mentioned in, like, 20-something girls versus 30-something women, I did date a guy younger than me before who was three years younger. And even though he was a really great guy, I think the fact that, like, just even though I had, like, that three years of experience on top of him, the fact that I had more experience in a relationship, it was kind of hard for me to maintain that. Did you feel like you were hand-holding? Like you were telling him like how to, I don't know, treat you? Yes and no. I think he naturally just knew how to nurture. Mm -hmm. And I really like that skill. So I I think in terms of like experience, sometimes these qualities you want to develop in dating, you might might already have them. You just haven't had time to really utilize them. So I don't think you should be nervous about that. Yeah, actually, Mel, that's a really great point. I was going to say like, just because you haven't had a romantic relationship, focus on like what are some, if you have really amazing friendships or relationships with your family, those are all like similar traits or behaviors that you can communicate to that person. Um, and also, I think, I mean, experience is one thing that people look for, but I think something that is really, really important is just showing interest and care. Yeah. So if you if you can prove to them that you are really committed and you really want to date them, I think that's a huge advantage. Like if I put myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't feel like they have certain experience in different areas of a relationship, then I could either be very nervous about it and like almost try to hide that side of it mm-hmm. or show 
that, yes, like, to what you were saying, Janet, like, oh, I'm curious about this. Like, yeah. I haven't done it before. Like, can we try this? Exactly. Because <laughs> you know? I feel like nowadays, maybe it is, like, social media and whatever it is, but I feel like a lot of us have to just feel like we're older, right? Like, we mm-hmm. just have to pretend like we have all our shit together. And even, like, younger kids these days, like, we're losing that, that like, charm of innocence. Yeah. Right? Because we have to pretend like we just know what we're all about and that we're experienced with all of these yeah. things. And with that innocence, is like, we lose the sense of curiosity, right? Right. So if you are in that position where you feel like you're behind everyone else, then maybe, you know, be authentic about it and dive into it and show show enthusiasm and enthusiasm and learning. All right. Our next question is about being Asian or being surrounded by Asians from Ivana. She asked, do you ever feel particularly drawn to people with the same Asian ethnicity as you? For example, Taiwanese, Cantonese, Korean, Japanese, etc. Asians are always curious to know what exact ethnicity someone is when they look Asian of some sort. I find myself wondering as well when I see someone Asian in the media. Why do we do that? It's like we're dying to know if they're one of us. Just curious. What are your thoughts? And if you guys feel the same way. Whenever I see a billboard or someone in a magazine or whatever it is in media and there's someone who's Asian, I'm always like, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that might have been a little loud for the mic. But like I get really excited. And I don't think about like, oh, yeah, like she is Korean or she's like Chinese or whatever it is. I'm just like happy that she's Asian. Asian because it's just so little and few out there representation that when you see someone who's even part Asian, then you're like, yes, yeah. some Asian in that in that person that's representing whatever the product is. I think if I think back to, because I grew up, you know, in an area where there weren't so many different types of Asian people, but I remember going into college in that first time of being exposed to a lot of different types of Asian ethnicities. But because I wasn't around it, I actually had a hard time. I didn't know like how to distinguish different types of Asian people. Mm-hmm. So I think in that context, when I found someone who was of the same type of Asian as me, I felt an extra sense of like connection mm-hmm. or like less alone, I guess. So I I think yeah maybe it's just it comes from a place of like if you're feeling more connected to someone no i agree i'm that person when i see like i meet someone new who's asian i go what type, I go, of, what asian? type of asian are you like i don't mean to yeah. ask that but for me it's because i'm generally curious because i'm actually fascinated with the different types of asian ethnic backgrounds that we all are i do think people tend to bucket us in this whole asian group when in fact we are taiwanese we are vietnamese american we are Hmong, we're all these things and within those subsets we all have our traditions and cultural values right and so for me me when i asked you that it's for me to identify what you are on the same boat as janet when I also meet someone who is of Taiwanese American descent like me, I do feel a sense of connection because then there are things that we both relate on, like family backgrounds and like political stuff that you probably understand more because you are also Taiwanese American. So that's why I ask. Yeah, I think, well, that that's like a very positive spin on it, right? But I don't know if this question also addresses like, I will want to know what their background or ethnicity is to be supportive of them only if they're like my background right. or ethnicity. Mm, yeah, right? yeah. Are you doing it to be exclusive and right. judging them negatively based so on there's like a it's like a weird kind of a thing because i feel like we have so many different cultures Mm -hmm. and subcultures and it could be seen as a way to like pit asians um, within ourselves yeah yeah which hopefully is not the case yeah i think the way to see it is that you should be very proud of your ethnicity and your background and all of your traditions and all of that but also see other people's as well and be like hey that's really cool and like you know appreciate other asian subcultures also So our next question comes from Jessica, and it's about the topic of finances. Jessica wants to know, do you invest? If so, at what age? And in terms of your current savings, are there any apps that you use to track your spending? How do you allocate your income? 
I mean, I didn't start investing when I was a baby. So at what age? <laughs> uh, once I started working. Yeah. Or, well, actually, so my mom helped me open up an account to start saving money when I was in high school. Oh, nice. Mm. And so she linked, like, her credit card to it. And then that just helped me to start, like, building, building up credit, credit yeah. which is very important. That is really important. Do that as soon as you can. But in terms of, like, investing, there's this, like, 50-30-20 rule. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. So it'd be 50% of your income, assuming you're working, goes towards your necessities like housing and bills. And then the 20% goes towards financial goals like paying off debt, any mortgage that you have, and also maybe saving for retirement. And then the 30% can be allocated to like your entertainment dining out kind of things, right? So it could mm. be 50, 30, 20, or it could be 80, 20, where 80 is what you use to spend and then 20 is what you save. Mm. So I mean, I think it's just a good way to sort of like look at your money in a bucketed way so you yeah. can see like what are your obligations and what can you actually just like spend on. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. My first mode of investing was probably a retirement fund and that was when I started working. And because my parents always pushed the moment you start making income and I was with a company that for a 401k they contribute so whatever you save, they also add a certain percentage. They match. Yeah. They match, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were like, that's like the most like, you know, you need to like max it out. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be giving faulty financial advice, but something that I was raised to believe in is that your retirement fund is something that you should start contributing to as early as possible because it builds compound interest. Mm-hmm. So even if it's only like 20 bucks from every paycheck, when you retire, that $20 will turn into hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Yeah. So here's an example. So say you start at the age of 25 and you put three, thousand a year into retirement for 10 years and then you stop saving completely by the time you're 65 your thirty thousand dollar investment will be three hundred thirty eight thousand without touching it at all and that's because of the whole compounding interest interest which is like yeah so you start as soon as possible i know i think a lot of our friends who are in entertainment they don't really have retirement accounts Mm -hmm. And I think it's in my mind. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like that's something that's so yeah. super important to. I think it's it's uh, it's not talked about among younger people. I think when they start working. And look, the thing is, don't feel freaked out and behind if you haven't started. Because I I started when I first started working, but then I had like four to maybe seven years where I was like exploring and doing other things. And I actually withdrew from my uh, 401k at that time, oh. so I paid a penalty. But then once I started working again, I started maxing it out. So no matter what age you are, start. You can start now and start whenever. So I'm being educated by YouTube. Yeah. I was like, wait, do I have a retirement fund? I don't know. I'm like, that's do you something. Have, do you have a 401k? I don't, I don't know. Okay, I need to look at You do. Your company has one. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it matches. They definitely should match, a, even mm. if it's a little bit. But even if they don't match, you should just start contributing some. Yeah. So I would say the first mode of investing for, for younger people is your retirement fund. Then as you get older and you maybe make a little bit of extra income, I think property is another thing that people think about investing mm-hmm. in. And then also, aside from that, you have stock accounts, right? So... That's something that I I recently started looking into a little bit, but it's a little bit more complicated because trading stock is tricky and I don't, you know, follow it so much, but. Okay. So personally, I recently just started a full-time job. Well, two and a half years ago and that's Mm -hmm. when I started actually saving money I think I do the rule Helen said to some extent when I started my job I calculated how much money I need to spend for rent and how much money I wanted to allocate for like food and fun stuff how I keep track on that is I use actually an excel sheet I know people use mint Jessica mentioned but 
there's something routine about, you know, doing my budget every Sunday that I like to do just to make sure I'm on track with my spendings. I'm not gonna lie, there are sometimes I'm like, fuck, I go a little over. But the Excel sheet really helps me to be in check. That's it. Like, I do have checking, I do have savings. I try to save every month, like, move a little bit amount every month mm-hmm. to make sure I have savings. And how did, like, when did you start that habit? And, like, did it take you a couple of times to get used to it? Did you use the approach of first, like, setting a financial goal and then tracking what you were actually doing? Or were you more, like, the other way, track what you were doing and then... Yeah, Honestly, like I did it when I first moved to LA because I wasn't making any money. I had to monitor myself mm. on my spending. And so I think gradually as I started making income and I got a raise, you just start like moving things around to to see. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I come from a different like angle when it comes to finances. I think a lot of people in their early 20s, they're trying to just make ends meet. Like their paycheck goes to their rent purely. And yeah. so... I think Sully was just trying to allocate how much is enough for me to have fun and how much yeah. is enough for mm-hmm. me to like survive. Yeah. And then slowly you just start like now that it's been like two years in my job, the amount of money that goes into like the fun has increased. But it's still like I still have the mindset of like I'm still trying to survive. Yeah. No, I have I have a lot of respect for that, Mel, because I my first job, I did move away from home as well. So paying rent for an entry level like income, that takes up so much. And I, I also went through the Excel exercise, but I would constantly like fall off or I would get frustrated if I overspent. Oh, yeah. I would I would say for people like to don't not get frustrated and to continue it's a good practice to know where you're spending your money mm-hmm. in a way that like I don't use sell anymore but what I do do is I, I make a habit of reviewing my credit card statement mm-hmm. to see like what am I spending things on and also to catch like when sometimes things are charged when you yeah you know, didn't right yeah and I think the reason why like to be honest I'm you guys know me I'm a little more anal with my finances because I have to be and my mom also works in finance she's a, she's my banker my mom she used to monitor my spending mm-hmm. and so one thing that I learned, she said, is now with my credit card, I get a text notification whenever I spend, I, I swipe my card. Oh. That's how I track how much I'm spending. And then I could dispute my charges if they're incorrect. Right. Yeah. And to your point, like I also use Mint. I think that's a really good, again, not sponsored, but it does <laughs> pull together like all of your credit cards and also your different investments and your 401k and your retirement to show you like what is your net worth and where is your money going. You can also budget like I only want to spend $80 on food this month. Right. And then it'll give you an alert when you go over. Over the 80 so it categorizes the different charges that you have but i think it's also i think the older that i am getting i'm starting to yeah you kind of start off with like okay you have one bank account and then it starts growing from there right mm-hmm. like victoria's secret like do you want to sign up for a credit card <laughs> so i i had a victoria's secret credit card i got like pulled into that but now i try to like limit the amount of credit cards because when you cancel credit cards your credit score actually goes down mm-hmm. so you shouldn't be opening and closing so much and i think people are like enticed to do that mm-hmm. right for the, the discounts that you get like for me what i do is i have a checkings and i have a savings my checks for work go into my checking account but you make a little bit more money on your savings because it has a slightly higher interest rate so what i do is move my money from my checking to my savings but i leave whatever i need to pay off my credit card bills in my checking Mm -hmm. to use that to pay things off those are two accounts that i definitely have with Bank of America is yeah. what I use. And then for credit cards, I think about what I'm spending on. So a lot of times it's like restaurants or travel. So I need a restaurant travel type credit card. So then I, there's so many different credit cards out there that offer benefits based on your spending habits, right? So for me, I use, for example, like reserve because you get three times whatever you spend. If I spend $100 on a flight, I will get 300 points for that. Mm. And then points go towards free flights whatever right and then you can spend that on a bunch of different things i feel like over time you start to learn how to like how to find savings in different places that you never knew before and like no one really tells you this either yeah so now i have like a target card because you get five percent cash back yeah i have a macy's card that's just been legacy i've had that for a long period of time and then i have my two chase cards 
and my Amex card for work. And that, that's pretty much it. I still go, I just have one credit card. <laughs> uh, but I went, I started from a Bank of America because that's who I used to bank with. Mm-hmm. And then I had friends who shared that like Chase, you get a little bit of better like reward. So I just moved. I have that, but then I use my debit card for Bank of America. And then I recently opened up because you get slightly more savings if you go into a money market fund that's really, really mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. So then I started doing that. Yep. But that was like literally in the last year. And a lot of it just comes from interest and research and you can Google things and you can yeah. talk and call people. So it really does come from like just friends talking yeah. about mm-hmm. it though. So for your Chase card, there's one called the Freedom Card. So every quarter they have three different categories. For example, like Starbucks, if you spend on Starbucks, you get five points instead of the mm. typical like one or whatever. So it's like a, that's why I have, I have two credit cards <laughs> so that I could use that one for categories. Guys, hit Helen up for the, for the 411 <laughs> I, can, I can talk about this for a long points. time, so let's, <laughs> let's move on. So another question that we have is from Maya. My question for you is since starting the podcast, how has that changed your life, whether it be your confidence, your perspective on things, or anything else? Was it scary to start this whole process and sharing such personal details about your life? What worries did you have beforehand that in reality never became actual challenges you had to face while creating a podcast? Well, I would say starting off one major way I feel like it's changed my life is that the topics that we covered and now we've had like what, almost 30 episodes. Each of these topics are topics that we've had to individually think a lot about and that we share a lot with each other about. So I would just say personal growth wise of having to think through my perspective on these things. And then like friendship and relationship wise, I feel like I've gotten a lot closer to you both ladies because we've talk about such personal stuff in terms of like daily routine i think you have to learn how to prioritize now because i do think a lot of work goes into the podcast like on days like for example it's our week to edit i'm more mindful like even though i have a long day at work i have to come back and edit still so like my work doesn't end when i go home so i think another thing is like the work-life balance is learning how to maintain that i would say my confidence has increased having both you guys on the team it's just like you guys never put me down so it's always nice to feel like you're always constantly supported perspective on things i think i'm more zoned in on like asian american content now because i feel like now since we're presenting this um group of people we have to be more aware of what's going on was it scary to start this whole process yes it was here we are us three ladies having our own lives and our own processes how we run our own personal life throwing in a podcast into the loop and managing a team and managing episodes it's just been like a learning experience for all of us and sharing such personal details about your life i think for me it was a little it was exciting, but it's also kind of difficult because I feel like I revealed a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think you did that in like a very easy way. Like that came off very genuine for you, especially with going through like your relationship mm-hmm. and your breakup. For me, I feel like this podcast has helped maybe my confidence with sharing my opinions and thoughts a little bit more because I've never had that platform to do that before. And I shared this before that I feel like I'm not so much of a talker, but more of like a listener. Mm-hmm. And this has definitely made me like really like dig into why that's the case. Mm-hmm. And also that to not be afraid to just share what is on your mind. Mm-hmm. Because whatever you're thinking is like very unique to you. And sometimes you think that that's like a, a weird thought or like not a common thought. And so you just don't want to say it. But I would say that the more you share your thoughts, people are like, oh yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. a little weird, but like <laughs> that's cool that yeah. you can share that because now I feel like I can relate to someone who's like just as like weird or... Yeah, unique okay not yeah. weird but like unique right but you don't feel like alone yeah. yeah was it scary to start this whole process and sharing personal details not so much again to what mel said it's because we're sitting around a table and we're in janet's apartment right now <laughs> and we have like beer and chips on the on the table yeah. so it seems very comfortable i think what's weird is when we even like at work i know some of you guys listen to 
and that's weird to me yeah and i think i have to like get used to that that this podcast is sort of spreading and to the demographic that we're trying to hit too so i think that's pretty cool that that is happening but yeah to have your personal details out there obviously that's a little scary because you you know you've only shared that closely with your friends in the past But at the same time, I think what we do is we try and normalize some of our experiences. And if people can relate to it, I think that's really cool. All right, so one question we received from Tracy A. from Instagram. She asked, favorite childhood snacks that no longer exist? Example, 3D Doritos. Oh, it doesn't exist anymore? Wait, I, didn't know, I didn't know they existed. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, honestly, Tracy, I don't think I could think of a snack that doesn't exist from my childhood that I miss. But I can tell you my favorite childhood snack, like yeah. growing up in elementary school. I like these Chinese chips. They're called guai guai. Like this like pirate looking dude with a hat. They sell at 99 Ranch. Oh, oh is that the like ramen pieces? No. Oh, is it corn chips? Like, it kind of, they had like different flavors. There was like the one I liked, it was salty. And it, they also had like a different flavor with like a pineapple sweet flavor. Mm. But it was my favorite childhood snack was guai guai. Or they remember those like Chinese, they're like little balls. Oh. And they dissolve in your mouth. Yes, and that baby, was my sister's favorite And babies snack eat that. Like, <laughs> I called it mantel. What? They're these little puffed like, they almost, but it tastes like cake a little bit. These puffed little balls. And they come in like these little tiny packages. Yeah. Linked, and they have different like little characters oh, on them. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, right? yeah. yeah. What did you see? call it? I don't know. <laughs> like rice balls? I don't yeah. know. But it wasn't even rice. But it was, it was like, like kind of sweet. Yeah. 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 But it was like oh, a light sweetness. Yeah. yeah. I really loved koala yummies. Did you guys have those? Ooh, I still yeah. love them. Wait, is that the one with the chocolate filling? Yeah. yeah. The but I like the strawberry. Yeah. The strawberry yeah. filling. That and the panda one. They're, They're pretty much the same. same. Oh, okay. Just, <laughs> the koala more? Koalas came first, I think. I think koala has more filling inside of it, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. surface area. But yeah, whenever I go to like a supermarket or whatever, I still get Pocky Sticks. Good. What flavor? Strawberry or green tea. Oh. Mm. <gasps> you should remind me of a snack. Do you guys remember the yan yan cans with like yeah. the sticks? Oh, yeah. You dig and in the, the, um, yeah. the But then you always had like some leftover and, and like you, did... you stick your tongue in it. Like what do you do? I don't know. I you stuck my finger in it. Out. Oh yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys ever have that like black cough syrup? It's called, it's called oh, Pepago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, I it's freaking like love medicine. that. Yeah. It's so minty. Yeah, yeah my sister and I love that. that. <laughs> it's supposed to like, it's like when I was sick, my mom would, uh-huh. uh, it's because you put it in the fridge, so it's yeah. cold. And it's just like super minty. It's like a very syrupy, yeah. molasses Almost like, like honey-ish. Honey-ish, but yeah, yeah, it looks so up. good. I would like sneak into the fridge just to like eat that. But it's I like, think it's, it's like medicine. Yeah, it's But medicine. not really <laughs> strong medicine. Yeah. yeah, right. In general, like in elementary school, I loved when my mom would get fruit roll-ups. Or a Gushers. Mm, oh, oh yeah. Gushers. I was really into So good, yeah. dude. I like Asian snacks, like Sachima. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is that? I had that for breakfast, so maybe that's not so good. <laughs> it's a, I think it's like an egg-based It's. I described snack. it as a like a Chinese rice crispy. It kind of... Because yeah, it's like a... Different. I want to look it up now. It's like a square shape, but then the ingredients are... It's it's more dense than a Rice Krispie treat. It's almost like a funnel cake that is fried. Why don't, why don't you just look it up on your laptop? <laughs> oh, wait. I was like climbing over Sorry. the table just to look at the I thought... I, I love those two growing yeah. up. Yeah. Every time I hear the name now, though, you know that song that goes like, Underwater Squaw. Underwater Squaw. That should be an ABG thing. Okay, yeah. let's make a music video, guys. I'm down. Oh, those are good snacks. I forgot about these. Good question, Tracy. Okay, so the last question we're going to go through is also from our Instagram stories. Okay, from Sijin Lu on Instagram. Fashion advice for working ABGs. My top fashion advice would be, I have a very like 
kind of minimal and monochromatic wardrobe and it's intentional so that I don't have to think too hard in the morning. It's pretty hard to clash when your clothes are all of the same like similar color palette. I just keep it very clean, very simple. It's one less thing to have to worry about. Very true. I guess same for me. So I have like work pants that fit well, that don't like bunch up, that's comfortable, just like work slacks to keep it professional. And then I've been really into blazers lately. I feel like oversized blazers, ever since I went to Spain, like everyone there is so well-dressed, but they do it very balanced. Like they have a lot of oversized things and a lot of like tight pants or like Mm. a tight top and like oversized pants, like culottes or whatever. Culottes, 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 yeah. So I I think I picked it up from there where I got a lot of oversized blazers and it's like you're in a blanket. I freaking love it. (laughs) No, your blazers are amazing. During our photo shoot, I was like, dude, Helen, these are amazing pieces you got. I'm on the same boat with the culottes. Those are my favorite type of pants because they're comfortable. They're like pajama pants that are trendy. And they make your butt look good. Really? My look? My look <laughs> your butt look good. <laughs> I mean, thanks. I think it's different for me because I do work in a, like, a fashion setting. Mm. I have to be a little more aware that what I'm wearing to work sometimes because like I might have to be like meeting some influencers or clients and I'm just like, shit, I can't look like crap. But the basic thing I have in my closet is culotte pants and comfortable jeans like you just want something that's stretchy nothing too tight and in terms of shoes i'm always running around i love mules mules with a chunky heel are really cute trendy comfortable and go with everything so i would recommend that i think you guys work in a more corporate setting a closed toe mule be really nice are you allowed to wear like shoes with open backs probably i don't know yeah i don't know i think some (laughs) offices are a little more strict but that's something i highly recommend and I also like like really comfortable long coats or jackets or sweaters. Yeah. They look really yeah, fun, yeah. trendy to kind of elevate your look. Yeah. Right. Those are the things I always wear in my closet. I think what's interesting is that there is like a trend now, especially for like corporate women. I feel like in the past it, it was dressed like a man, right? Like yeah. dressed in a suit or long dresses or skirts that go beyond your knees. But now with everyone wearing like more colors and getting more into like fashionable things, like, yeah, I wore culottes at one point and I was like, I still look professional. That's that's all that should matter, yeah. right? So even though it feels like I'm wearing pajamas, I feel like now there's like a trend for, yeah, it's more things are acceptable as long as you look professional and clean. Yeah. And I'd say for, for some girls or guys, like one tactic that people take with dressing is if they're kind of just, if you get bored of your outfits, I think an easy way to dress it up is to find a nice statement piece, like a nice watch mm-hmm. or like a nice shade of lipstick. It does make a difference if you feel good about yourself, right? Oh, very much so. Yeah, but it's been cold lately, so I've literally, like, walked around with a blanket around me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, for the cold weather, a tip that I'm, like, I'm seeing a lot right now on, like, the fashion stuff is, like, wear a chunky sweater, but um, have your hair up or, like, whatever your hair down, and have a chunky earring. That's chunky your statement. sweaters piece. and chunky earrings. Exactly. You heard it here first. That smells uh, fashion fun. forecast. What are you... <laughs> what are you wearing on the bottom? You could wear a cool out. <laughs> or, like, a... I, is that I, too much baggy, though? I would wear oh, high-waisted yeah. jeans. Oh, okay. And then tuck in your sweater and then have those chunky Oh, earrings. yes, I've seen that look a lot, yeah. Yep. So that has been today's episode, our third Q&A for season three. Thank you guys for submitting the questions and please keep them coming because we love hearing about what you guys want to hear about. (laughs) (laughs) Great outro. We get a lot of emails and we get a lot of DMs and I feel like 
if we had the time and the capacity and the people and resources or whatever, like we would answer all of them. So we try at least do one episode for Q and A. Yeah. At least once once a season. Maybe we'll do more lives to answer some other of the questions. But yeah, it makes us think about what you guys do want to hear, and it does help us to continue this podcast. So thank you for your input. So if you like what you heard from this episode, leave an envelope emoji in our most recent Instagram post. We are active on social media, so you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Asian Boss Girl. And we are all over the podcasting platforms, specifically iTunes and Spotify. You can subscribe and we'll just pop up in your feed. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend and also leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.